This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by LTT Productions. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, even tell your grandma. Get the word out about LTT and we can watch this thing grow together. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. Welcome back to the No Playbook podcast. Today we talk about Kevin Durant returning to Brooklyn, Deshaun Watson's suspension, and Tom Brady was almost a Raider, right here on No Playbook off the LTT Productions feed. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Move Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. What is going on, everybody? Drew Pouncing back here off the LTT Productions feed for the No Playbook podcast. And today, we've got a jam-packed episode for you. Kevin Durant coming back to Brooklyn. I had a little argument, well, not little, a very large argument with a pretty much the whole Green Bay Twitter feed. We'll talk about that. Tom Brady is almost a Raider. Deshaun Watson suspended. And Roquan Smith and Jesse Bates return back to their respective teams. But... I don't know if you've noticed this trend or not, but I personally always like to start with the the subject that has the least amount of news. That way the back half can be the larger the larger portion, I should say. So I'm going to start with the NBA news, and then we'll work our way to the NFL news. Kevin Durant returns to Brooklyn. It was mentioned a couple of weeks ago that, you know, maybe... Well, not maybe. Kevin Durant said something along the lines of, all right, Josai, you either have, I think it's Sean Marks and Steve Nash, or you have me. And Joe, I think it's Josai, Joe Desai, something like that. He came out and said, okay, we'll stick with Steve Nash. So there was this tweet that I had seen. Let me pull it up for you. And I thought it was kind of, I thought it was quite funny, honestly. Let me go back here. It was something along the lines of Kevin Durant and this whole uh, thing. Here we go. It is by Peter Bukowski. Durant, trade me. Nets, no. Durant, fire the coach and GM. Nets, no. Durant, I might retire. Nets, no you won't. Durant, okay, okay, I will play. Nets, sounds good. I laughed at that one. I thought that was pretty good. But 
this is kind of what we've been all been saying for the since this had kind of come out is that Kevin Durant would be better suited returning to Brooklyn. I personally think that they have a better team this year than last year, even with James Harden, you know, that early half of the season. Um, I really like Ben Simmons. Everything that I've heard is that he looks good coming back from, I'm pretty sure, a full year of not playing basketball. And he brings that level of defense and playmaking. James Harden can playmake, but he, he really looks to score is what, I've, is what I personally think. Um, not to knock James Harden, who's one of the best point guards in all of basketball. But I think that Ben Simmons brings just the defense and the, the playmaking uh, especially the defense that James Harden did it. And I really am kind of looking forward to see what this lineup looks like. I mean, outright, I think it's going to look something along the lines of um, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, or Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Nicholas Claxton, which isn't too bad. I just really wish that Kyrie Irving would play a little bit of off ball. Um, I think that would really give them kind of let Ben Simmons be the the primary ball handler because I think he's the best playmaker on that team. He's the best defender. He can that team defensively. I, I've mentioned it a lot. And if we can get Golden State Kevin Durant defense, I mean that team is going to be a top ten defense in all of basketball. And it still might be. Kevin Durant is lengthy enough to contest every shot. Ben Simmons is a six eleven point guard. Uh, Seth Curry and Joe Harris don't play too bad a defense. And then Nicholas Claxton is isn't too bad as of a defender either. <clears throat> but. This is kind of what, like I said, we had all been saying about Kevin Durant is he wants to go somewhere to contend, but to get Kevin Durant, you're going to have to scrap your team. You're going to have to give up everything that was making you a contender to bring in Kevin Durant, who does a lot of things right, but you can't replace Kevin. You can't replace depth with Kevin Durant, especially over the past couple of seasons where he's missed a number of games. I mean, off the top of my head, he missed that almost that full season with his Achilles injury. I think he might have missed the full season. Um, with his Achilles injury, his first year in Brooklyn, he did. And then just, uh, I think last year, he also missed some time. Um, it's just a part of everyone getting older. Kevin Durant is, I think, 34, 33, 34, so 35, something like that. And, you know, it's going to happen. But I think that the Brooklyn Nets have made the right moves to not necessarily win now because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, this roster looks way better than it did last year you know I mentioned the starting five of you know Kyrie Irving you're either going to have Seth Curry or Joe Harris you're going to have Ben Simmons Kevin Durant Nicholas Claxton off the bench again you're going to either have Joe Harris Seth Curry TJ Warren Royce O'Neal those four or those uh nine and ten spots Cam Thomas may play a little bit I'm not too sure of how he's looked um and then a backup big whoever they bring in but I think that this is the prime position for Kevin Durant to win right here, right now in Brooklyn. Because, again, on paper, of course, this looks like a one of the best rosters, if not the best roster in all of basketball. Now, whether or not that it stays that way or, you know, some coaching stuff or G- the GM makes some moves at the, the deadline or to start off the season, either way, I think that this team could be really good. But we all also thought that last year. And the year before that, I think that this is going to be a full year of no excuses. I think this is a last year. Kyrie Irving, he's a free agent after this year. Kevin Durant would have three years left on his deal. Ben Simmons, I'm not sure how much money he has left on his deal or how much time he has left. But 
this is the year. Ben Simmons coming back healthy. Kyrie Irving is going to be able to play home games. Kevin Durant, nobody is injured off bat like it has been or has looked kind of not the greatest to come back. You know what I mean? So I think Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons are all going to be all-stars. And I think they're going to be right around the three to five seed. Milwaukee and Philadelphia. James Harden has come out with some pictures. Of course, they're just pictures um, of him looking skinny. Like, he looks great in shape. He, if J- if they get the James Harden of old, Philadelphia and Milwaukee are going to be the one and two. Cleveland, I think, can make a big jump. I've been pretty high on Cleveland. Um, Chicago hasn't really impressed me too much of anything else. But I think Brooklyn can fluctuate between probably the one and five seed if Everyone's healthy and, you know, everyone plays the best that they can. Again, Kevin Durant coming back to Brooklyn, not really a huge surprise to really anyone. Again, he wanted to, he wants to compete. He wants to be the guy on a championship team. This is his chance. Now it's up to Kevin Durant to go get it. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. I want to start the NFL news with this Deshaun Watson suspension. So, obviously Deshaun Watson, his first... Judge Sue L. Robinson came out and gave him six games, no fine, you know, just kind of a flat rate. And the NFL, as soon as they heard it, they appealed it. They said, hey, yeah, this is uh, this isn't happening. So they brought it. I think it was to Pete, Peter Harvey. I think that was – or Pete, Pete Harvey, something like that. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, and I apologize. But Deshaun Watson, the NFL, and the NFL Players Association and Pete Harvey – are all in agreement on a 11-game suspension. He gets a $5 million fine. And to add the NFL drama, he comes back week 13 against the Texans. What what do they look like at that point in the year? Well, they start off week one against Carolina. They play the Jets week two. Pittsburgh, Steelers week three, Falcons week four, Chargers week five, Patriots week six, Baltimore week seven, Cincinnati week eight, Miami week nine, Buffalo week 10, Tampa Bay week 11, and a bye week somewhere in that range. I should have said games instead of weeks, but you get the gist. So I looked at the raw, I looked at the games, and of course taking that Cleveland with or without Deshaun Watson has a great roster, and Jacoby Brissett has, is, you know, one of the best backups in the the NFL. So let, let's run through these games and see where we can put them at through the first 11 games of the season. They open up against Carolina. Personally, I don't know how to grade this. I've heard Christian McCaffrey has looked really good in camp. Baker Mayfield was just announced the starter. That defense is pretty okay. It's not terrible. Um, I don't think, I think I saw a report somewhere saying that the Panthers can be last year's Bengals. I definitely do not think that is the case, but we also didn't think the Bengals are going to be that good. With a healthy Christian McCaffrey, Baker Mayfield having, I mean, is this arguably the best receiving core he's had his whole career? No, he had OBJ and Jarvis Landry. I apologize. 
I don't know why I'm being so formal today. I'm just talking to the guys and the girls out there. But I think Carolina is a loss. I put ish because I don't know. I can see it both ways. I can see Baker Mayfield going out there, balling out, and Christian McCaffrey having, you know, nine carries for 89 yards and 13 receptions for 115 yards and four total touchdowns on the day, you know. So I'm going to give this Carolina this a loss, but with the possibility of it being a win, which you'll see down here at the the end of the record. The New York Jets, without Zach Wilson, they're already a not the greatest team, but without their hopefully future quarterback, that's a, that's a win for the the excuse me, that's a win for the Browns. Steelers is a loss, whether it's Trubisky or it's Kenny Pickett. That defense is gonna stop whatever offense that well the the Browns get. So I think that's a loss for week three. So right now they're sitting at one and two. Atlanta, they get like a freebie. That's a two and two going with the win. This is where their schedule gets stupid tough. The Chargers, that's a loss. The Patriots, I wrote down loss initially. I changed it back to a win. I yeah, I don't know. It just depends on how the Patriots look uh, the first couple of weeks, obviously. But as of right now, I'm going with a win for the Browns. Baltimore, Cincinnati, both losses. Miami, I don't really know what to expect from Miami. But, I mean, outside of Tua Tungavailoa, that arm, I mean, I, I have that as a win for the Browns. And then they finish off Buffalo and Tampa with losses. So that puts them with the loss to Carolina in week one that we could have flipped at four and seven. If they beat Carolina, five and six. If you're going in to week 13 with no Deshaun Watson at five and six, I think that's a huge win. Now, do they go on to win out? Most definitely not. Do they win so what 13 they put them at week 13 there's 17 games so four games left right am i doing that correctly five games left something like that they could win i see this team going i've had them you know 10 and 6 something like that 10 and 7 i'm being an idiot right now and i i can't remember let me look Okay, the idiosity idiosity is over. I always get confused because they added that extra week. So there's I don't remember. I think there's right now there's 18 weeks and 17 games since teams get a bye week. But since I look, looked and counted because again, I completely fumbled that. Coming back week 13 gives them 6 games. So we're going to look at who the remaining schedule is. Going 4 and 7 that will do both scenarios. Four and seven. I think they will beat the Texans. I have them splitting with the Bengals and the Ravens. So that's three straight wins. Then they play the Saints and the Commanders. The Saints one might be a loss. Um, I think I'm going to give them a loss on the Saints one. But a win for the Commanders and a win for the Steelers. So five and one. That puts them at nine and eight. Going four and seven. And if they go, they go five and six with this whole Deshaun thing, that would put them at ten and seven. 
I, they're probably going to compete for a wild card spot because Cincinnati and the and Raven the Ravens have got well not necessarily Ravens the Bengals have got significantly better they filled every hole that they had on that team is it I, I, this is of course all just up in the air but I can see I see a world where Deshaun Watson comes back they're pushing for a wild card spot they either get it this year or they don't get it and the next year they come back with a better team because that. That receiving core is pretty thin outside of Amari Cooper, but then again at camp I've heard that he's him and Amari Cooper have got along really well. So ten and seven, nine and eight, somewhere in that range with this whole Deshaun Watson situation. They got fairly lucky. I think that the back half of their schedule is not so tough. But the A- the AFC South, I believe is what they're in. The AFC North, excuse me. I don't know why I brain farted here today. The uh, AFC North is loaded with talent. So I don't think that there's going to be a team that necessarily sweeps one side or the other. I mean, I think Pittsburgh could even win nine, eight or nine games in that division. So I think that it's I'm kind of ruling it like the AFC West where no division team sweeps another one. So five and one after Deshaun Watson comes back. Put them at nine and eight or ten and seven. Now, I had got into a argument with pretty much all of Green Bay Packer Nation on Twitter. What I had said was that with the two two of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, the Packers have two Super Bowls. In that same rough-ish time span, the L.A. Rams, St. Louis Rams, the Rams have won a Super Bowl, built down, built down a little bit more, and have risen back up and won the same amount of Super Bowls. And the argument was, we have four rings. Thank you. I'm not stupid. I know this. My whole argument to all of Green Bay was that over the span of your the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers eras, which has lasted, I think, 30 or something years. Again, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time have had one ring apiece. But they have MVPs. Yeah, they've had better teams as well, and they continue to lose in the playoffs. I mean, last year they lost in the first round. The first game they played was against San Francisco. They lost. Then they lost to Tampa. Pretty sure, eh. Pretty sure they've lost to Dallas. I could be getting that. But no, they beat Dallas. They've lost again to Tampa, to the Niners. I'm, gosh, why am I drawing a blank on this? But either way, you get the point. Two rings for the Packers and two rings for the Rams since Brett Favre has become a Packer. Brett Favre, his first year with Green Bay, made a Pro Bowl. So that's when his greatness, that's where I'm saying his greatness started, was that the Falcons traded him to Green Bay. He balled out in Green Bay, and the Falcons were like, wow, we made a terrible trade. That's where it starts. Two Super Bowls apiece. And I could not get it through a single Green Bay Packers fan head that that is what I was saying. They took it as, oh, the Rams are a much better team. It's not what I'm saying. I am saying, once again, to you, that 
since the Brett Favre trade, the Packers and the Rams have the same amount of Super Bowls. Now, we got one this year, yeah. But who's to argue that the Packers have not had the best pound-for-pound roster almost every year, right? Like, this past season was probably their best last chance to win a Super Bowl. That defense was nasty. They had a... You know, one of the best running back duos in the league. Aaron Rodgers was coming off of a, a MVP where he won another MVP. I, Devontae Adams is no longer with the team. I just am struggling to find out why they have not won a Super Bowl. But defeats the whole purpose of the argument. And then I had a Green Bay Packer fan tell me that we have a lot of championships. To which I replied, you tell the Lions that they have no Super Bowls, but they have championships. And that doesn't count. So please leave the argument. Whenever I tell you I spent all of like a whole, almost a whole last day arguing with the whole Green Bay Packer. It was me versus like four or five people on Twitter that just could not get it through their head. This one guy in particular, I just don't, don't, do not understand anything. I, I, I never will. I to this day, I don't know where they got in their argument that their head that I was saying. Something, I mean, yeah, the Packers are one of the best franchises in history, but you take out the first two Super Bowls, I mean, what, first five Super Bowls or something like that, we have the same amount of Super Bowls in general. But, again, it's an argument for another day. Um, I'm telling you this, so that way you can look at this and be like, wow, Drew was right, and I was. We're going to kick it to break while I come off cloud nine. You're listening to the No Playbook Podcast on the LTT Productions feed. This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by LTT Productions. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, even tell your grandma. Get the word out about LTT and we can watch this thing grow together. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Move Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. Did you know that Tom Brady was almost a Raider? Dana White knew. This past Saturday was UFC 279, I believe. Um, I didn't get to watch hardly any of it. I got to watch the Usman-Edwards fight, which was a pretty good fight. Edwards, you know, knocked him out with a head kick. I thought it was a very nice, very beautiful knockout. He faked. I don't remember what it was. I just know that he kind of threw a, a faint punch. He got Usman to lean and threw everything that he had in this head kick and got Usman out and knocked him out and won the championship because there was like a minute left in the whole fight and Kamara was up 3-1. So Edwards had, I mean, I was, I told a couple people, I'm like, that was, that was beautiful. Which is a lot of the stuff, the MMA stuff that I don't really watch. I just 
you know, I'm a casual MMA fan. I like the bigger cards and stuff like that. But this past Saturday, I believe, was the first ever, like, Gronk cast where all the Gronk boys were, you know, just chilling. I'm sure watching UFC or watching something. Dana White comes on for an interview. And Gronk said something along the lines of, I was going to be a writer, wasn't I, Dana? Or write Dana or something. Where Dana White says, I was never going to tell this story, but here we are. He says that Tom Brady and Gronk were going to come to Las Vegas and be Raiders. But at the last minute, or just John Gruden blew up the whole deal. The whole deal. John Gruden. He stuck with Derek Carr over Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Now, to be fair, if you add Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to that team, they do not win a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. But I don't know, necessarily know why. They, uh, you know, it's Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, but I don't know why Tom John Gurdon didn't really want them on their team. And around this time, going back, I think it was the 2019-2020 uh, offseason, Tom Brady goes on some sit-down sports talk show or something, and talking about his free agency, he says something to somebody that says, I almost signed with the team, but the last minute they pulled out, and I thought to myself, you're sticking with that motherfucker? And the whole internet exploded saying, oh, that guy was Derek Carr. All signs look that way. Dana said, yeah, I was never going to tell this story, but here we are. It it blew up Twitter right around the Edwards-Usman fight. I personally didn't understand it until the morning after where I looked at it and I was like, oh. But, again, I don't think that this Raider team was winning a Super Bowl with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. They were nowhere near as good as Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had the receiving core. They were, I think they had just finished building their offensive line. Their defense was really good. The only place that they lacked and still do is that secondary. You throw Tom Brady in there, one of the greatest quarterback of all time. You throw Rob Gronkowski in there, a top three tight end of all time, and they pretty much dominated the league and went on to win a Super Bowl. And you could, some people would argue that if they were healthy, they would probably have repeated. And they are running into the same injury history this year. Tampa Bay has been decimated with injuries. Their whole, Almost their whole offensive line is down with injuries. Tom Brady just went on like an 11-day hiatus. Not necessarily hiatus. He, was, he planned it out. Twitter thinks that he went on the mass Singer, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. But it was something that he had already pre-recorded, pre-talked to with, about the, uh, with the Bucks. Yeah, Todd Bowles had come out and said that he wasn't going to play in those preseason games anyways. So, you know, what's the point? It's Tom Brady. I'm sure from what everyone was talking about is that it was one of those things where it was already just kind of like, hey, I told them that I was retired and we already made plans, so I have to do this now that I'm coming out of retirement. Or who could have been on the mass Singer? That was the thing that was circulating, like I had mentioned. So... Either way, Tom Brady went on an 11-day hiatus, 
personally, I thought I was scared because I have him on my fantasy team. Um, I was like, man, I can't believe I drafted this guy. I can't trade him, and now he's going to retire. So, But he is not. He is coming back for what seems like the last year of Tom Brady. I really wish he would mention something that about his last year, if this is going to be his last year, if he plans on coming back, because a lot of players deserve a farewell tour. Tom Brady trumps the top of the list. He deserves a farewell tour out of any farewell tour ever. Now, I was kind of thinking that he came back to try to win another Super Bowl, but this Bucks team has, again, been decimated with injuries, and it doesn't look very good, but Tom Brady is known for beating the odds, I guess is what you could say. Finally, one last thing here. Roquan Smith and Jesse Bates come back to the team. Jesse Bates was holding out for a, I think, a longer deal because of the fact that, you know, he had played his four or five years and he was signed to the franchise tender and he had balled out last year and deserves a paycheck. But I think from what I heard is that the, the um, excuse me, the Bengals might be waiting till they get a little bit more money to pay him because Joe Burrow is also going to need a contract extension here soon. Jamar Chase is going to need a contract extension here soon. They just paid their offensive line. But they also just sold the naming rights to their stadium. Um, they have something else that could be bringing them in more money, and then they are also building in a indoor practice facility. I think that they're tr- – again, I, I from what I heard, that they're trying to – they may be trying to wait to be like, hey, you know, here's the money. Again, I, I had no idea. I just know that this is great for a secondary that without Jesse Bates – is not necessarily that good. I know that there's their other safety. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he played really good in the Super Bowl and throughout the playoffs. And then, of course, Eli Apple is just the man that lost him that Super Bowl. We appreciate you, Eli Apple. But Jesse Bates brings another level to that secondary, and they are definitely glad that he's back. And, again, this team is destined – for some kind of greatness, you know, this season. I think they're probably going to win 11, 10, 11 games, 12 games maybe. I don't know if they're going to win the division. That division, again, is stacked. I don't know if they'll win it necessarily. It'll be pretty much a two-man race between Baltimore and the Bengals, but whoever doesn't win the division, I'm sure, is going to get in the playoffs as a wild card, and then you go from there. I think they're going to be a matchup for a lot of teams. Jamar Chase, of course, is the top five receiver in the league, and – I think he might be four. I mean, you got Devontae, you've got Cup, you've got Jefferson, and you probably got Jamar Chase right there along with them. Um, so Cincinnati can be very dangerous next year, and I think that we're all kind of expecting them to be dangerous next year. So it's just a matter of them coming out and performing it week in and week out. And, I mean, with a quarterback like Joe Shiesty, you better deliver. And finally, Roquan Smith adds – not adds, comes back to a defense that desperately needs him and misses missed him. Um, I would not necessarily say surprising. I think this is more of a, obviously a contract year, but this is him being like, okay, you know, he had the best year of his career last year. He's NFL top 100. Uh, I don't know if he made a pro bowl or not. I really want to say he did, but I'm not too for, for sure on that. But this is him being like, okay, you don't think I'm, worth this top linebacker money let me go show you that I'm worth this top linebacker money and I think that you know he's already 
one of the best linebackers in all of football. I think it goes something like Fred Warner, Darius or Shaquille Leonard, and probably Roquan Smith, and you could those are the top three guys that you could interchangeable however you would you would like. Um, I don't necessarily know. That's probably my list, but again, if you have Roquan over Shaquille, I'm not gonna dispute it because again, those are the top three linebackers in the NFL, and they all deserve their their flowers. And I hope that Ryan Poles, although he has done a lot of good for Chicago this past off season, I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but he is kind of getting all those bad contracts out of the door, and has from what. LTT's Bears or LTT's Bear expert Eli Grimes has told us that they're on track to have the most cap space in the NFL next year, and I'm sure if Justin Fields takes a big step, they go pay big, big money for a receiver, or they try to trade a receiver who's on the market next year. That's a whole nother debate, whole nother debate. But what's not up for debate is that we are out. Of not necessarily time, but that's all I've got for you today. Again, I want to thank you for listening. The NFL starts two weeks from Thursday is when you'll be listening to this. So starts September 8th, and we'll start trying to upload every Thursday when that rolls around to where we're giving game predictions, we're recapping last week's games, and the NFL season is going to be loaded with content, hopefully, from LTT. So, This is Drew Pouncin from the LTT Productions feed, the No Playbook Podcast, signing off.